Welcome to Startup Rose Garage Society's podcast for the Time Hungry Entrepreneur. Uh, today we're with Steve Bruce, um, who's been running LinkedIn workshops with us here at Garage Academy for many years now, I think. Yeah, and, right, uh, a couple of years now. A good couple of years, and uh, with SP <coughs> Consulting, which he's been, how long has SP Consulting been going for? Uh, about 18 years now. 18 years. So he's, yeah. he's an, I'm an 18-year-old startup, I like to say. An 18-year-old startup. Um, <laughs> He always runs a number of very popular LinkedIn workshops across Hong Kong and internationally now as well. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to touch base today on uh, the power of LinkedIn, um, how we got into LinkedIn training, uh, some of the f- uh, future thoughts on training and, and sort of the, the, the business of networking. Um, so to start with, I think, um, I've always known you as the LinkedIn man in Hong Kong. Uh, we were just talking about your other passions, which include DJing. But uh, what, what do you love about LinkedIn and why did you kind of get into talking about LinkedIn so much? Well, I'm, I've always been a big fan of networking. Um, I'm a, gr- a great believer. It's it's it's, uh, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And you know, people with higher EQ and who know how to get along with people tend to do better in life. So, to that end, I've always enjoyed going out networking and you know being and talking to new people and, and making new contacts. So when LinkedIn launched in 2003, um, it offered me a very good way to do that. So I could get all my business contacts um, on, on into one place, and then I could I could share information with them. I mean, at the beginning, LinkedIn was a lot more simple. It was more mm-hmm. about just you know, being able to contact people. Yeah. Um, so I've been doing that. Um, I've been using the services since 2003. I started teaching it in 2011, and I got good at teaching it since about 2014. So, what do you mean by good at teaching it? Is there a learning curve to sort of? Well, it just takes time. Works with people. When I, when I look at the, the data for how many clients I had, let's say in 2011, I think in 2011 I did something like four one-to-one coaching sessions, mm-hmm. uh, and this year it's pushing towards 100, so okay. it's like it's quite a big difference. Yeah. I mean, it's basically been doubling every year, the, mm-hmm. the amount of business I get out from it. So. Yeah. And would you say that's uh, part and parcel with mobile adoption, people becoming more digital savvy as well, and people, more and more people coming onto the platform? Alongside, I guess, LinkedIn's growth in general, it's, 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 it feels like it's getting bigger and bigger every year. Yeah, well, they've had a good year so far. They've gone up from 500 million users in January to 592, I think, is the latest figure. Wow. So they really, uh, they're going forward. I mean, this, all of those things, it's people seem to, in the past couple of years, have really started to get more of an idea about LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly uh, younger people, what I've been finding is that uh, People under 35 seem much less interested in LinkedIn yeah. than those over. Um, there's a few reasons for that. Partially, I think people over 35 are more likely to be married and have kids and mm-hmm. be in a senior position in their work, so they, they have less time. Yeah. And indeed, they value time more because they haven't got any. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas younger people have more time and more yeah. digital savvy and think that they can do it themselves, possibly. Yeah. But I've, I've been quite surprised that when I find you know, these guys around that age who are suddenly switched onto LinkedIn and they're like, oh, wow, I didn't uh, I didn't realize that it did so much, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I think I fall into that category. I, I've always, it was only really four years ago, so I started using it a little bit more. I was always like, kind of a, not, not, um, not a user and not really, I had a profile, but I never really updated it or did anything with it. Um, and I think it's a combination, like you mentioned there, of um, becoming more aware of its uses, using it as a tool to network and engage and um, also getting more senior and having a little bit more to actually talk about and say on the platform. Yeah. I think when you're in early jobs, it's... 
you can do so much on the platform to kind of pump yourself up. Well, it's difficult. Like I've worked with uh, fresh grads before who wanted to, uh, you know, somebody else is paying for them to yeah. work with me to upgrade their profile. And it's quite difficult. You know, because I'm trying to sort of make their internships yeah, sound like an sound. actual job, and yeah. and um, probably no person is going to interview them. That they might admire their uh, yeah. tenacity yeah. for you know, having a go, but obviously they're not going to necessarily take it that seriously. But I mean, the thing is that it simply works. I always say, don't wait till you need LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you've got a job now, it's an uncertain world. Um, yeah. Think about next year with all the, you know, the trade embargoes on um, on the China from the US. Um, we're, we're set for another recession. Historically, it's every seven years. It's been eight now. So it's like, you know, it's time. Um, so the, yeah, it could be a difficult year to next year. So, you know, don't wait until you're all scrambling around with everybody else who just got laid off mm-hmm. looking for a job. Yeah. For example, you want to be doing this now and getting used to using the platform so that you're, that, you know, as a, you, it's always good to be the reluctant bride. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things that, um, I struggle with is with HR professionals. They, I, I approach big companies and I do in house workshops for companies, and the HR, they will go, oh, no, 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 we don't want to do that. Yeah. And you'd think of all the people in the company yeah. who should be promoting their talent would be, be HR, right? Yeah. But what they say to me is, no. It's hard enough to find and retain superior talent already without you making them famous. And, making them more. and then obviously the, one of the happy accidents of, yeah. of being active on LinkedIn is you will be visible in the market yeah. and that will create more opportunities for you. Mm-hmm. So you will get calls from recruiters or from other people are trying to hire you. So yeah. it's difficult, you know, but this is why you need to do it now. Don't wait. Would you say LinkedIn uh, has a fit for certain um, sectors more than others? Um, and do you have any, uh, you mentioned that, you know, number of clients in different areas. What are some of the examples of the power of, of LinkedIn and what it can achieve if you, if you utilize it effectively? Well, obviously it's like uh, B2B marketing. So it's for, if you have B2B clients, then simply there is no better place than LinkedIn. Um, according to data from LinkedIn, 80% of all B2B leads are generated from LinkedIn. And it's so little from all the other ones that it's almost not worth bothering with them. When I use Facebook, because I have to, um, I use Pinterest because it's been a surprise hit for me. Oh really, Pinterest? Who who knew? So how does that work? Um, Pinterest just, um, I just just posting stuff on there about LinkedIn. And to be honest, I, I completely game it. I don't even really put much new content on. I just repost other people's stuff and add them to my boards. But okay. it's been a, it gets inquiries and it gives me a good SEO. So, but um, I mean for LinkedIn, you know, if you're doing any kind, if your target is B two B clients, and most people at some level have B two B clients, mm-hmm. you know, like if if whatever you're doing, you've got you have to talk to a marketing director or a budget holder of some yeah. person, and they're going to be on LinkedIn. And yeah, the thing is that you know these days. I'm a great believer you are whoever Google says you are. If your yeah. client types your name into Google and you don't show up or you don't own page one of Google, yeah. um, you could have a credibility problem. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is, I mean, again, another group of, of just terrible at LinkedIn is startups, yeah. which I, I just don't understand why startups mm-hmm. wouldn't use LinkedIn. Yeah. Because of all the people that need to impress, is if someone is new yeah, or yeah. they want to find a new business partner or they yeah. look for an investor or they want to tell the yeah. market about what they're doing. Um, they, so would they be moving into things like angel listing? 
those well, those, those kind of things, are, that's more for looking for investors, investors, right? But the point is that you still need to understand and be able to articulate yeah. what problem you solve for your customer. Mm-hmm. And again, I go to quite a few startup things for my work and I'm frequently amazed at how many people are unable to tell me that. What problem do you solve? What's your business model? Yeah, yeah. What's the product? Yeah, yeah. And why is it different? Yeah. And uh, it's, it's really, and this is like basic stuff. If you can't do that, then it's, um, you know, that's not really a business. Mm-hmm. So, but in terms of just, everyone has a personal brand, so you need to manage that. Um, what I teach in my classes is that your personal brand is what people say about you when you're not there. Yeah. So um, you want to be managing that, and it's become a lot more problematic these days. Like, you know, um, there's a statistic that in the, in the US, 5% of people have been fired for what they call Facebook misdemeanors. Yeah. So what that means is that you called in a sickie, but when the HR looked on your Facebook, they saw you pictures of you partying in Carnegie's at 4 a.m. Yeah. 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 So um, it's very easy for people to find stuff about you now. So, you, so it's even more important than ever before to be controlling what's going online about you and making sure that people are seeing the right things. So, um, you know, this, this is all part of your personal brand. And generally what I find when I work with my clients is that the work we do is actually the nucleus of everything they're doing. Because mm-hmm. we have to come up with a summary statement, like a headline yeah. and a summary paragraph, yeah. which basically says, I am a... I solve through this, which solves this problem for my clients. Mm-hmm. And that basically, that's the core of all marketing is to yeah. know that. And then from that, we can we can move out yeah. and, and talk about, you know, formulate, um, just uh, understanding what your client's pain points are and then and look to, uh, talk about how to address them. Yeah. So, yeah, so, I mean, become your own startup almost, right? Like, well, you are. You are your own startup. Everyone is CEO of me incorporated. If you can address a problem well in a, in a market that needs it, you'll always find work. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, and so it's, it's vital, I think, for everybody because yeah. like, the, also the thing is that uh, um, if you type your name into Google, your LinkedIn profile will normally be the first thing that yeah. comes up. So if a client's doing due diligence on you before doing business with you, whether that's in a, to invest in a startup mm-hmm. or to come and work with you as a co-founder yeah. or, or, or to hire you to do you know, marketing or sales or whatever it might be for them, they're going to yeah. look at your LinkedIn profile. Yeah. Um, again, data from LinkedIn says that half of clients have said that they will avoid doing business with somebody who doesn't have a fully completed profile. So literally, if you are not showing up properly, you don't have a picture, you don't have a fully complete yeah, yeah. profile, you could be missing out on business. Mm-hmm. And that client's not going to call you and say, hey, sorry, mate, yeah, I'm not giving you the business because you're LinkedIn. They'll just move on. Mm-hmm. And you, so you'll never know that you missed out. Yeah. And, and it, actually, even for older guys as well, like, um, or these days, not even necessarily old. If you look at the proliferation of social media, sort of Instagram, cult of Instagram, and all this kind of thing, some guy... You may not have the same amount of experience or ability as you, but might be awesome at social media and putting himself out there, can appear to be some kind of a genius. And you you could be completely losing the gig to that guy. And and he may not even be that good, but he just knows how to put himself out there. So there is a problem of, you know, substance over style over substance these days. But like, you know, again, there there are ways to get around that as well. What are the biggest questions you get asked at one of your workshops? Like what, what always comes up? Like three questions that always come up. Mm, people are always asking about company pages yeah. recently. Um, like company pages are a, a funny thing 
Because on the one hand, for someone like me, who's a basically a, a, a consultant, um, I'm the show and yeah. I'm, I'm what people buy. So my company, even my company name, I've actually dumbed that down over the past couple of years because nobody cares. Mm -hmm. not, they're not interested in SP yeah. Consulting. Yeah. So my SP Consulting page hasn't got that many followers. So the question that people want to know is how do you get the followers up? Um, company pages are super useful for um, if you're a bigger company, because what, what, say for example, when I do a workshop, what can happen is like, I go into the workshop and I do the workshop and everyone's excited, they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they go start posting on LinkedIn. But they might post stuff that's a bit off-piste, yeah. that might not be in line with the corporate branding that you want or the messaging that you want to put out about the company. So um, what we can do instead is we can post, the marketing team can post to the LinkedIn company page have all the team engage with those posts, like, comment, and share them to their network mm -hmm. um, with some commentary, and that means that you're always on point. Yeah. I mean, we don't want to discourage people from posting on LinkedIn, but we also need to make sure that they're um, that they're not posting crazy stuff yeah. or stuff that doesn't match what our, what our agreed brand guidelines are. So that's and it is quite a difficult thing. In terms of company pages, work really well for bigger companies because of, for that reason. So um, other one, other questions, groups. LinkedIn has just overhauled groups. Um, if they, because it basically become a spam fest for mm -hmm. everybody just posting and not no one engaging in the groups. Yeah. Um, there are different strategies that I use for groups. Uh, the two things are, first of all, you want to join some peer groups on LinkedIn. So say, for example, I'm a member of the LinkedIn marketing group and mm -hmm. social media today and you know marketing for SMEs. So these kind of peer groups where I can learn about what's the best practice thinking and, and the new trends coming up. But I also join some, some uh, groups where my clients are. So I'm a member of the CMO group, the CEO's group, mm -hmm. um, you know, returnees to Hong Kong looking for jobs group, mm -hmm. and, and places where I can look for business. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll post stuff in there that's interesting for those guys, mm -hmm. and I'll mostly just read or maybe repost something into the other groups. So they need to be used strategically in order to get the yeah. benefit. Now, the thing is that groups are LinkedIn's secret weapon okay. because you, LinkedIn works on three degrees of connections. So three degrees of separation, if you like. So your first degree connections already know and love you. Mm -hmm. um, they will basically recommend you to their friends, which is their second degree. Mm -hmm. The third degree don't know you from a bar of soap. Yeah. And that's where your new customers are, mm -hmm. because it's very easy for them to check you out to the second and first degree connections, because mm -hmm. obviously you're connected, but that they may not be aware of your product or service, and that's where, where you can get business from, and that's why, and you find those people in groups. Okay. So it's a very good way to build up your uh, build build yeah, up your never, reputation never like that. Looked at the group. Oh, no, I, it's a, have a, I liked your comment there about resharing uh, company branded content instead, because I I find. So with Garage, you get much more interaction if I post something rather than our company website. Because I already have the ecosystem from doing events the last couple of years following me. So they're not necessarily following Garage because it's just a... No, well, they're just... Thing, they're... Whereas they, they, they're more likely to follow the people from the company. There's some data from uh, LinkedIn that says that uh, um, people will trust like brand messages, like company messages, 55% more mm -hmm. when they're shared by the employees of that yeah. company mm -hmm. than if they're, I mean, people don't really want to look, you know, look at a, a company page so much, but yeah, they'll, yeah, yeah. if somebody shares it, a, a post it's like from a real person. Mm -hmm. And as we move, you know, head, head, headlong into this AI 
thing, abyss. Yeah. Um, real abyss. Pe- actual real people is going to become more and more important. Did you see the uh, AI newsreader the other day in China? Um, oh, I haven't seen that I'll yet. Show that afterwards. Oh, well, they made a digital newsreader who basically talks and it's. it's well, I just cool. saw there's an Instagram model, half Lebanese, half French, mm-hmm. lives in Dubai virtual Dubai mm-hmm. and was modeling a Fendi bag I just read an article about that on the way so here so it's all just algorithms at play and yeah I mean a lot of that content is going to become well now they're talking about influencers will go out of fashion because they'll have you know, AI influencers mm-hmm. that can do it better mm-hmm. which yeah. is like um, it's terrifying all that whole thing yeah it's uh, going to be interesting to see when this all takes us in the end but um, we, you mentioned briefly there that groups have changed. Are there any other, any other trends on LinkedIn um, that you've, you know, you're being aware of? I think we were talking before about I call them double space posts, but it's these posts you see influencers and people who are trying to like sell themselves as speakers, where they'll do kind of a declarative statement, a few spaces, something else, and then you have to click in to read the rest of it, and then usually they flip the whole story, or it's just some crazy story they made up to get you know interactions. Um, that seems to have died down a little bit, but it really does seem that with LinkedIn, the way they change the algorithms and play around with how the, the system works, um, on one hand there's the trends, and then the other is how does that affect how you learn and interact with LinkedIn, I guess, and then train. Well, my, um, I'm the, the last year they were calling it broetry. Broetry, okay. And um, yeah, those kind of double space paragraphs and you know saying like you know. I met a guy and he came in my office asking for a job yeah. and he was really stupid and poor but I saw something in him so I hired him yeah. and now he's the CEO of the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you're like, oh, inspirational and you click like. And you... But I'm just like, for this kind of stuff, there's enough noise on LinkedIn as it is. Like, let's keep on point here. Yeah. You know, in my workshop, I teach no cap photos and no inspirational quotes. Yeah. We don't need them. We're there for business. We're mm-hmm. there to meet up, you know, serious people mm-hmm. doing serious business. Mm-hmm. So I, I really don't see that there's a place for that kind of stuff on LinkedIn. I think put yeah. it on another social media channel like Facebook or yeah. on your Instagram. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm really not interested in that kind of stuff. There's um a thing that's happening at the moment. Um, one of my um, contacts, a guy called uh, Brad Emery. Uh, he runs a, um, a travel club for, for basically for business owners who are paying for it themselves, which is me, for example. So, and a lot of these guys who travel for business now um, used to be like in a corporate job where they were a you know, diamond card holder on Cathay and they, they missed the lounge basically. So his, um, his service gives people access to all that kind of, a lot of the stuff you'd get if you worked at a big company, but for a, a much smaller price. And, um, but he's also very active on LinkedIn. And we've got this ongoing debate going on because he's what he's what they call a lion. It means uh, you sometimes you see it on LinkedIn, you'll see it L I O N, and okay. so what it means is LinkedIn online networker. Okay. Um, what it means is that they will they just want a big network, mm-hmm. um, so they'll connect with anyone. So you basically if they kind of it's like like for like on yeah, Instagram. Yeah. Okay. So um, he's posting stuff and he's yeah and he's building his network. We, we kind of have a sort of a, a, a fun rivalry going on about it. Well, I'm very much focused on, I want to be able to just know everyone in my network. I'm very fussy about who I let in. Mm-hmm. I think it's about quality rather than quantity. Yeah. He's a lion and he believes that a bigger network gives you better reach. And you know, he's added something like a, a thousand connections to his contacts in the past yeah. month alone just by posting. And now there's, I'm trying to find the middle way because his posts are getting like, um, you know, 
upwards of a thousand, sometimes a few thousand views for a post. And, and one of the things, he taught me a little trick, which I'll share now, which is do, doing text-based posts and then saying, you can please put the link to the post in the comment section. So you post it, like say for example, I have a workshop next week. So I did a post on it today um, and I posted saying there's a workshop coming up on social selling. Um, here's the details, date, time, venue. Um, you can get buy a ticket for that uh, by clicking on the link for it, which I'll put in the comments section below. So you do that, maybe put a picture in there as well, make it look a bit nicer. Um, and that will get much more views than just doing uh, reposting an article or yeah. reposting a link. And I've actually been testing this, um, and it's it's massive the difference. Like for example, um, I did to promote one workshop. I used the same post, and the uh, the LinkedIn article post that I shared got something like a hundred views, and the LinkedIn text-based post that I post got uh, two thousand views. And it, people were still looking at it even after the workshop, which yeah. I thought was a bit funny. Why do you think? Why is that then? Is that it's just the way the algorithm the algorithms work. I mean, this won't last because it's, it lots of people are. Um, yeah. Lots of people seem to be catching on to it quickly. So, you know, do it now. That's the, that's the golden tip, basically, because <laughs> it'll be gone by the end of the year, probably. Is that is that another example then of sort of the Facebook model? Is that LinkedIn is always playing around with things to cap stuff so that you get you don't get as much exposure. I mean, for small businesses and, and you know, niche uh, groups and organizations, say on Facebook, um, everything's getting capped a lot now. It's really hard to reach your audience. There's lots of art, artists and others who, you know, they've got 2,000 people who like their page, but only 200 or so are actually receiving their communications unless they're paying for ads, etc. Is, is, is LinkedIn moving towards that? Well, I mean, they, they will do. I, I guess they'll follow up whatever Facebook does because mm -hmm. obviously they, yeah, they're ahead of it in that. I mean, it's just, yeah, Facebook has really gone. Bit, it's not very good at the moment, for, yeah, because you know, it's very. It's just too hard to talk to the people that you want to. Yeah, you yeah. yeah, their business model is they want you to buy ads. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, you can't blame them for that. And eventually, I mean, LinkedIn has to move to a more revenue-based model. Mm -hmm. um, I think while they're building their membership, their targets three billion users. So um, they've got a while to go yet at like uh, nearly six hundred million. Yeah, yeah. But um, oh, I think once half the world. I know. But once once they get to a certain point, they're going to just say, "Well, everyone has to pay." Yeah. And you know, I think for the value that you get out of it, you know, premium, it would be worth it. Yeah. If they said you have to pay, I wouldn't say oh, I'm not using it anymore. Yeah, yeah. But at the moment, I don't I don't use the paid services, and I'll yeah. keep milking the free one as long yeah. as it, as long as it makes sense for me. Mm -hmm. um, so, but they will. I, I've not found honestly that uh, LinkedIn pay-per-click advertising has been that effective for me when I've used it. That LinkedIn has a lot of case studies that, that prove the effectiveness of it, mm -hmm. um, but I think it seems to be for bigger budgets and for bigger companies. Yeah, yeah, for smaller companies, I've, I, I've used it before and yeah. I've, not, I've just not got, it ripped through my budget really quick and I didn't get any sort of inquiries. Exactly. The conversion was non-existent, so, it's, but that might just be me. Mm -hmm. It's hard to say, I wouldn't like to sort of uh, say that they don't work. I can only yeah. talk about my own experience. Yeah, no, I think I, I feel with the PPC as well in general. Until you complain with big budgets and um, you know, or you have a big corporate brand or something, it's, it's quite hard to uh, to get that engagement through with the, the, the pay-per-click ads. Um, you're really reaching a small amount, and a small amount of people are coming through. Um, that's interesting, Matt, because I've only ever used it for um, 
you know, they give you a free for a month and ask, like, use it for a month, do a few things, find lots of people, and then switch it on. So you were the smart guy, you remembered to mark the calendar. Yeah, I'm all, yeah, you have to, right? Because no, so that, that, many of them get you. That, well, that's the thing with like, with, what I say to people is if they're using premium at the moment and they haven't got an all-star profile, yeah. I say cancel it, um, give me the money instead, I'll give you better value for it, and then you go back to premium, and when yeah. you're on an expert, mm -hmm. using the free service, so you can really get the best benefit out of it. I mean, I'm completely unopposed to the paid service, so they do offer good value. Like if you're yeah. looking for a job, Job Seeker Plus is a great one, because it's yeah. very affordable, mm -hmm. and it gives you the access you need. If you're doing outbound sales, Sales Navigator is essential. Yeah. Um, you know, the other business ones, you have to decide yourself what you need, yeah. it? but they, you know, they do offer value. But it's just, I say, don't waste your effort or your money yeah. just having a premium thinking that it makes you look good. Yeah. What's your, uh, what's your simple advice to someone who's looking to reach out and network with people on LinkedIn? Because I think all of us have received the old weird message or uh, reach out from someone where you're just like, is this, should I really connect with this person? And sometimes they can actually be pretty useful. Um, but do you have any sort of simple guidance for someone who, who's looking to just you know, start pinging out some messages? Hey, we're in the same ecosystem, we're, you know, let's connect. Um, the ones, yeah, I mean, the first one is always add a note when yeah. you're connecting to someone. Mm -hmm. um, explain what you do and why should they connect to you and don't try to sell them anything on the first go. Yeah. So for example, what I do is I'll write and just say to people, I'm a Hong Kong based independent LinkedIn trainer, mm -hmm. it would be great to be connected to you here. Yeah. And normally, pretty much 90% of the time that works. Mm -hmm. it's, um, it's very, um, very rare that someone doesn't accept it. Um, also, think about who you want to be, you know, connected to. Yeah. I, I don't accept connection requests from people who don't send a note yeah. unless I know them. Six percent of LinkedIn profiles are fake. Mm -hmm. um, two of my clients have been hacked this year. Okay. So don't think it can't happen to you. Yeah. And don't think, oh, it's just my LinkedIn because mm -hmm. the problem is many people use the same password for everything. So, so and once once they get into your Gmail because yeah. it's connected to your contacts and calendar, yeah. then they can get access to your email, maybe to sensitive financial data, and then yeah. before you know it, you can have a real problem. So, um, I'm cautious about who I connect to. Mm -hmm. um, of course, most people are fine, but not everyone is. So the first one would be always always make sure that you send a note and be very clear about who do you want to influence. You, know, yeah. you want to be building a network of decision making level budget holding clients mm -hmm. uh, and people that or whoever that is that you want to influence in your in your industry. Yeah. You, you don't need to worry about influencing your peers to be honest. Like mm -hmm. they're not going to give you any money. Yeah. So um, it's just really super clear about that. And again, once you've got that valuable network of senior level decision making budget holding clients you will be less inclined to share it with every Tom, Dick and Harry that comes along. Yeah. Um, I know from my own experience, um, we used to mine people's contacts. So we'd connect with someone, say like a senior person in a bank, and then we just mine their contacts and go yeah. through there and contact their people because you know, yeah. they'll have the right profile of people we wanted to talk to at that time. So um, you've got to be, keep this in mind. Um, I would. Uh, uh, the second thing I would say is Perfection is the enemy of progress. Mm -hmm. Just start posting. Yeah. Like if your your own wasn't built in a day, yeah. it's gonna take you a good few months to start being coming visible on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, LinkedIn say that if you post four times a week, Monday to Thursday, yeah. that'll reach 60% of your network every month. Mm -hmm. So it's not that much actually. It sounds a lot at the beginning, but um, it's not that much. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but And at the beginning, you'll, you'll take some time to find your voice yeah. and to find, um, 
what works, what, what your network engages with, what they don't, what they like, dislike. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and the third thing would be pick three things that you want to be known in your industry as an expert for. You can't be all things to all people. Yeah. So um, if you need to find your niche and your micro niche. So you really just think about what those are for you and just talk about them over and over again. Yeah. And talk, think about, in order to help you decide what niche to find, I would suggest that you understand what your client's pain points are, or keeps them awake at night, and basically then get answer those questions in terms of what's in it for me for your client. Mm-hmm. And once your client, you can show your client that you understand their problems and you can solve them, mm-hmm. um, you become what I call Doctor Sales. Yeah. Hmm. Really? How long have you had that problem? Yeah. I see. Tell me more about that. <laughs> and before you know, it, your client's going, ah, "Oh, Doc, Doc, yeah, yeah, yeah. will I make it? I'm going to live." Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I think I can help you. Oh, thank God. <laughs> You've got the solution. Yeah, exactly. So this, remember, think of yourself as Dr. Sales. Yeah, okay, perfect. I like that. Where do you see the, uh, the future of business networking? Obviously, LinkedIn really uh, popped up in the last 10, 15 years now. Uh, it became a really important tool. Um, Hong Kong is still very much a business card place. Everyone gives each other's business cards. Even after you've met them and connected on LinkedIn, they'll still give you a business card. Um, there's conferences now where you can you know, touch each other's phones and you get each other's contacts and this sort of thing. Um, what, what, what excites you about the future of business networking or what do you think would become something that's actually valuable? Well, funny enough, you can actually do QR codes on the LinkedIn mobile app now, okay. which is like a new uh-huh. innovation. In fact, actually, they're really doing a great job with the LinkedIn mobile app. Yeah. It's, it's almost peeling away separately from the rest of LinkedIn. So. Um, Personally, I actually like business cards okay. because like, I meet a lot of people and if I just add them, it's like on WeChat, when you meet somebody on WeChat, if you don't put a little note the way how you met them, yeah. you're never going to remember. Yeah, yeah. And especially you know, if you're out at night, yeah. connecting with everyone. Yeah. Um, so then in the same way, with, you know, if you go to a trade show or to a conference and you mm-hmm. meet lots of people in one day yeah. and you're adding them all on your LinkedIn, you can. Get, it's quite hard to go back and remember what they, who they were. Whereas with a name card, I've got them on my desk, yeah. and I know that I need to. First of all, I'll scan them into my CC card so they go into my contacts. Mm-hmm. Then I will, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll send them a note, a connection request on LinkedIn. Yeah. I'll mark the ones that were good prospects that I should follow up with. That might, for whatever that business that might be, and then mm-hmm. arrange, you know, send them an email and then yeah, invite for a coffee or something like this or just have a, have a call with them just to scope them out first. So yeah. I find that the name cards is a, is a good reminder. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's becoming like a sort of a you know, fake eco thing now. People are like, oh, you're still using name cards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you just hate the planet, do you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I mean, it's, I, I, so for, I, mean I, I like name cards, but it's, it's moving on. As far as the next thing after LinkedIn, there isn't much at the moment. Um, in China, they have Mai Mai, which is like a, um, a Chinese version of LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's off, we've got to keep an eye on that. Um, LinkedIn is in China as well, but like uh, this one, yeah, Mai Mai will probably catch up. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, yeah, there are other channels I sort of keep an eye on, uh, Medium and all this kind of thing, but yeah. I find that there's, you know, there's a lot of noise, basically. Yeah. There really is, like, particularly Medium. Like yeah. it's like, you know, a lot of people take it so seriously. Mm-hmm. But it's just my opinion about stuff. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. I'm not sure how much business people are getting from yeah. that. And I think it's really important with LinkedIn is that 
Keep your eye on the prize. What do you want to get out of this? Why are you here? You want to build a powerful network, decision-making, budget-holding clients. That's all you want. And you want to talk to them over and over again, telling them how brilliant you are yeah. in, a, in a factual way. Yeah. And that's a key part of your training, I guess, as well. And um, to kind of wrap up then, it's more around uh, what inspires you in training. Like, what, why is it something that you, you do put a lot of energy into your workshops? I've seen your decks, they're huge. Um, lots of information, uh, and you're you're obviously very passionate about sharing your skills. Um, so, so first off, you know what what drives you to train people with LinkedIn, and then next up is um, you know, what's the future of training? If someone's listening and is you know maybe an early stage LinkedIn trainer themselves, or someone who's doing some sort of consultant business, uh, I, we talked earlier about um, you're starting to get a little bit more involved in videos and live stream and all this sort of stuff. Where do you see the sort of training business going as well? Um, also, how do you can scale it? I guess I mean it's just yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just done the killer bullet. That's a, that's a fundamental flaw in my uh, in my plan to take over the world. Is that um, I've got a few friends who are very successful, uh, sort of millionaires, successful, and they say, Steve, sell products, not services. They said, yeah, because I, my, unfortunately, as, as my business model stands, yeah. it's not scalable. Yeah. So I'm, I'm developing, I start just finally jumping into this, into making videos. In fact, actually, I forgot to bring the um, tripod along mm -hmm. so that I could film this. Okay. I did another podcast yeah. last week. Yeah. We filmed that. So it's, it's all about getting content. Yeah. So anytime I'm speaking in public now or doing anything like this, I need mm -hmm. to make sure it's being filmed yeah. so that we can make it into content. Mm -hmm. uh, video has gone nuts on LinkedIn, yeah. along with hashtags, as yeah. you may have seen. Um, so this, it, and it seems that you know people really getting into videos over everything else. Mm -hmm. Again, personally, I don't like videos because I can read much faster than I can watch a video. Yeah. So make sure you have subtitles in your video, by the yeah. way. Yeah. So I'm, I'm getting into all of that content creation, my goal is to create um, an online uh, course mm -hmm. that people can do. So at least I can, you know, do the old affiliate market and make money while you sleep, like yeah, yeah. Kong on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, all those processes in place, isn't it? Oh, it's look, it's, it's, it's a nightmare for me because I'm one person. So yeah. soon, very soon, I'm going to be the king of Fiverr. Yeah. Uh, I need to, I'm trying to find someone who can do simple video editing mm -hmm. and and you know, put subtitles in and just yeah. stuff. I don't want to learn how to do this. Yeah, it's too, yeah. It takes too long yeah. and it's not good use of my time. I'd yeah. be, I'm better off mm -hmm. being on LinkedIn or calling yeah. a client. So yeah. I, I, the stuff that needs to be outsourced, if anyone knows one, then let, okay. let me know. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it goes back to some of the Tim Ferriss stuff, isn't it, around utilizing outsourcing yep. and different flows so that you can focus on the key part that you can add value to. Well, it is very important. I mean, like, you know, I'd be the highest paid video editor in the world. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, it just doesn't make sense for me yeah. to have to go and learn all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And there are some tools online. I've been introduced recently to Screencast-O-Matic, yeah. which is like an online software for doing video. So I mean, you can do it, but it still takes time. Yeah. And so finally, what I'm, I think it's about, you've got to start making content now. This content marketing thing mm -hmm. is, is the future mm -hmm. and, you know, get comfortable about doing it as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, that's how I see it. Um, if you're starting up as um, as a LinkedIn trainer, good luck. <laughs> um, for uh, we've touched on some nice points here around uh, LinkedIn and uh, some add value uh, ideas and tools. Um, but for someone who would be interested in coming to one of your future workshops, um, what, what what can they expect to learn there, and what's the what's the value they're going to take away? Well, I have seven workshops mm -hmm. in my LinkedIn for Business series. Um, Workshop number one is how to upgrade your profile by yourself. So basically, I teach you everything you need to know to upgrade your profile. Um, 
Next one is, I think it's on thought leadership. The third one is on personal branding. Fourth one is on social selling. Um, I have one for business teams, which I do as an in-house workshop for my clients. I have how to find a job using LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, and LinkedIn for startups. Mm -hmm. So these are the, the main ones that I do. Okay. Um, my workshops are very fast paced. Mm -hmm. They contain a lot of content. Mm -hmm. So um, you'll learn a hell of a lot. The idea is to have the lights come on for you. Okay. And that's really, really is to make you wake people up to what's possible on LinkedIn. Because once you see, everything I do is so easy to do. Yeah. This is the thing. And this is why I got to answer your earlier question about why I started teaching it. Because I just wanted to share it because it's, yeah. too, it's too easy. Yeah. Everyone can do this. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be a genius at SEO. You know, you can basically benefit from the superior SEO that LinkedIn offers yeah. to really help promote yourself on a platform where the right people are mm -hmm. who are your target clients. Yeah. So it's, it's, it was too good not to share, basically. Awesome. Um, any last thoughts? No, like... Uh, no, not really. Use LinkedIn. Oh, that's all I can say. Like the the most important thing, perfection is an enemy of progress. It's not about being perfect. It's about being good enough. And this is good advice for startups as well. Yeah. It's just get it going. Nothing is perfect, but if you don't do anything, nothing will happen for sure. At least if you do something and you're moving vaguely in the right direction, you can. Uh, you, you can uh, you make change. There's, there's a saying, I, I, I'm a keen sailor, uh, there's a saying that says, um, an optimist waits for the wind to change, a pessimist complains about the wind, and a realist trims his sails. I think that's a nice note to end today's podcast on. So thanks to Steve for joining us today at Startup Roast. Um, we'll see you in the space soon, I guess, Steve, yep. for another workshop. Thanks Excellent, so thank you.